Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Profoundly Pointless. My name is Nick. Coming up in this episode, we're going to look at the latest in artificial intelligence technology, and then we're going to talk about the top five animals we'd like to be turned into. I think it's quite difficult, and I don't think that current AI really is anywhere close to the complexity of human intelligence. So these things can, you know, you could fake, for instance, some politician saying whatever it is you want them to say on a video, and it looks quite real. A lot of people in in the field of AI, what they're worried about, not is that computers are too smart or too powerful and take over the world, but more that they're too stupid, and we let them make decisions that they don't have the intelligence to make. The scariest thing I think I've ever had happen to me in an automobile was I was getting off of a, of a freeway and my brakes went out. Do you think that the beaver, when he's building his beaver dam, is like aware of structural engineering? Or do you think he just, I'm going to stack a bunch of logs together? Like, I think Mama Beaver comes over and she's like, no, bedroom's not big enough. Make it, you know, make it this size. <laughs> not enough closet space. You got to start this over. I want to thank you guys so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. Whenever I think about artificial intelligence, I think about robots taking over the world. Not just in the Terminator movie sense of taking over the world, but also in the sense of they just become responsible for everything or they're doing all of the work that we used to do. Our first guest is an artificial intelligence expert. She studies the technology that really goes into all of this. And she also looks into research about what exactly artificial intelligence is going to mean for society moving forward. And I think she has some fascinating insight into not only how all of this technology is working, but some of the unintended consequences that might might really be a problem down the road. This is Melanie Mitchell. How did you get started studying artificial intelligence? Right after college, when I graduated with a degree in math, I didn't really want know what I wanted to do, but I um, happened to run across a book called Girdle Escher Bach, An Eternal Golden Braid, which was a book by Douglas Hofstetter uh, about AI influential book about AI and how generally what sort of thinking and consciousness are in people 
and what they might be in machines. So after reading that, I decided that I wanted to work in AI, and I also wanted to work specifically with this, the author of that book, Hofstadter. So I, I contacted him and asked him if uh, I could you know, join his uh, research group, and he finally said okay. So uh, that was really the beginning of my uh, career in AI. What was it about it that captivated you, though? It was so strange that this idea that something like intelligence and consciousness could emerge somehow from just neurons, from biological cells that themselves are not intelligent or conscious, but somehow their interactions uh, and the, the sort of massive collection of them could give rise to this very complex hard to explain phenomenon and the idea that we could do that in machines just seemed so interesting and kind of crazy that i wanted to pursue it do you have to as part of your research do you study how that has formed in us to figure out how to do that in machines is that part of it yeah that's one of the things that i'm really interested in is using what we know about humans to help in making machines intelligent because, you know, we're humans and some animals, I would say, are really the only examples of intelligence that we have in nature. And so if we're going to build machines with intelligence, I think the starting place that we have to begin is to think about how we do it. Do, do we know how we do it? No, <laughs> that's the problem. You know, we have some hints about it you know, centuries of work in neuroscience and psychology and other linguistics and so on have given some hints, but really we still, there's so many open questions. So I think of AI not only as a sort of the field of trying to get machines to think, but also a field that helps understand what thinking is or even what thinking could be in nature in biological systems by looking at it in machines. Do you think, though, is this something that we can figure out? Or is it going to be people have a soul and we're never going to really be able to replicate that? I'm a materialist, which which means that I don't think that there's any immaterial, non-physical soul or sort of life force or what have you. I think that at essence, everything is physical and therefore in principle we could we could make machines that think however i think that it's extremely complex in in humans at least um that the way that our brains interact with our bodies and that bodies interact with the world that that, that is a lot more complex than people ever imagined when they started trying to pursue AI. So I think it's quite difficult. And I don't think that current AI really is anywhere close to the complexity of human intelligence. When we're talking about artificial intelligence, I feel like for me, at least, it's something I know what that is, but I don't know what that is. So what are we, talk yeah. what are we talking about? That's a very good question. And in fact, people have different definitions of it. Um, some people have sort of humorously proposed that artificial intelligence is is the 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 robots that we see in movies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, <laughs> but um, one problem is we don't know what we mean by intelligence. 
right? So there's so many different dimensions of, of what we think of as intelligence. And there's so many different sort of scales on which we measure intelligence that it's hard to define what artificial intelligence is. Another possible definition is it's whatever computers can't do yet. Um, people used to think, you know, that playing chess was kind of the pinnacle of intelligence, that being able to be like a grandmaster at chess would be the height of possible intelligence so that if we could get a computer to do that, it would be as smart as humans. Um, but it turns out that you can play, you can get a computer to play chess and beat any human today now better than any human there is. And yet they're not intelligent in the way that we usually think of the word in that they can't do anything else. They can't use their chess knowledge to think about any, any other topic at all. And so we generally think about intelligence as something a little broader. It's being able to have some knowledge and being able to apply that knowledge in different situations. And so there is a big argument in, in the field itself about the definition of intelligence and what sort of general intelligence might be. Is, is that a problem? Because, I mean, for somebody like me sitting on the sidelines, so to speak, it's like, well, no wonder nobody's figured it out. They don't even know what they're trying to figure out. Is it one of those issues or is it just we haven't defined it because it's too hard to define? I think uh, it's probably both. You know, it's not unusual in science to have terms that are kind of central to a field that we don't yet understand. So so for one example in the history of science is the, the notion of a gene, like in, in biology, you know, what is, we have genetics and genes, but to, the word gene was used, it was central to the field of, of biology for a long time before anyone knew what it was. But, um, and similarly in physics, people talked about the idea of a force, like the gravitational force, but they had no, they didn't have a good idea of what that actually was. It was just something that sort of they observed. So right now we're kind of at that stage in, in the field of AI where we're, we're trying to refine what it means exactly. And I'd say that's, it is a problem, uh, but on the other hand, it's not an unusual problem for science. Where are we kind of with it right now? I know that's AI, a really broad so, question, but... Yeah, um, AI has made a lot of progress over the past um, decade or so. You know, some examples that uh, just regular people might be familiar with is speech recognition. So, like, you can now dictate your emails to your phone or your texts, and it is able to transcribe what you say really well compared to, you know, like 10 years ago. Um, and face recognition, you know, c machines that are able to recognize individual pictures of people. Uh, or people in videos and whatever, that's gotten a lot better. So AI's gotten quite a lot better in very narrow areas. You know, we have machines that are better than humans in playing chess, in playing Go, uh, in some other specific tasks. But what we don't have is anything, any machine that's kind of a generalist like humans are, that are able to uh, take what they've, learned in one field, like, let's say you learn to play checkers that might help you in playing chess, learning to play chess. But 
a machine that learns to play checkers, it can only play checkers and you have to start over from scratch if you want to teach it to play chess. And if you have a machine that can recognize faces, you kind of have to start over from scratch if you want it to recognize any other kind of thing. So the idea of being able to sort of transfer what you've learned from one task to another is something that AI is struggling with right now. Are there people asking if we should be doing this stuff? I mean, is that a conversation that's happening in the community? Yeah. So there's a big conversation about ethics and how much the field should be regulated. You know, one thing you may have seen is uh, what are called these deep fakes. They're um, images or videos that look extremely real of, say, a person's face or a, a person talking and saying something but they're actually created by an AI system. So these things can, you know, you could fake, for instance, some politician saying whatever it is you want them to say on a video, and it looks quite real. And this is extremely dangerous. You know, people are asking, like, should we actually be doing this? Should we regulate this? How can we regulate it? Uh, another example is um, self-driving cars. You've probably heard that we're going to have self-driving cars very soon, right? Um, and that's a big question of like, how soon will this technology actually be ready? It's not clear. Um, but a, a question, you know, comes out, how should we regulate these things? Like who should be at fault when there's an accident? Nobody really knows exactly how to regulate these kinds of technologies. Yeah, that would be really tricky. Like, if it's a self-driving car, who's you can't lock up the computer. You, I guess would you go after the person who built it? <laughs> I guess that's right, the, or or the car's owner, or the the maker of the the you know uh, sensors that are on the car that might have failed or something. It's it's really complicated. Is how do you essentially solve? And I'm going to butcher this, but the idea of like the trolley problem, where if let me correct me if I'm wrong on this, but essentially the idea with a self-driving car, like pedestrian steps out, do you hit the pedestrian and save the driver or do you save the dri save the pedestrian and hurt the driver? Like how does, <laughs> how, how can, is that a good way to kind of sum that up and how do we deal with it? Right. So I think that the, the trolley problem, yeah, as you said, like, you know, if you're, if you have the choice of killing the driver or, or, or not the driver, like a passenger in the car versus killing a set of pedestrians on the street. That's almost never something that actually happens in real life. That, that People talk a lot about that as kind of a metaphor for just decision, moral decision-making in general. And, you know, what, one of the things that allows us to make moral decisions as humans is that we have a lot of knowledge about the world, something that computers don't have at all. And it's really hard to set down specific moral rules for computers because they can be misinterpreted. I don't know if you've ever read Isaac Asimov's robot stories, but all of them are about the danger of giving robots specific moral rules because they we don't foresee sort of the implications of misinterpreting them. So in, in a sense, my view is that a computer that can do moral reasoning like we humans do really needs to be able to do reasoning in general and to have kind of what we call common sense. 
computers don't have any common sense yet. So that's a big research area in AI, in fact, is to how do we give computers what we think of as common sense. For somebody knowing nothing about it, though, that seems to me to be like the difficult problem is that in order for it to really work, you'd have to give them so much power and then they take over the world. I mean, obviously, I'm being dramatic in that sense, but is there a way to kind of work around that? I don't think that there's too much danger of them taking over the world, at least not in the near future. Uh, and in fact, you know, a lot of people in, in the field of AI, what they're worried about, not is that computers are too smart or too powerful and take over the world, but more that they're too stupid. And we let them make decisions that they don't have the intelligence to make. What do you think about, you know, the kind of massive collection of data that's going on right now? Is that going to be good for artificial intelligence or is that is that going to be something else? Well, it depends on <laughs> whose perspective you take. So artificial intelligence, modern artificial intelligence is very dependent on data. You know, it's all these very large programs that learn from massive amounts of data and it's only because we have something like the internet and people posting f photos and f text and audio, um, making that available that companies can create artificial intelligence systems that we see today. So in some sense, collecting data is, it's the only way that we know how to make AI work today. Um, however, as we've seen, collecting da data can lead to a lot of sort of moral or ethical issues that can affect people. Number one, that data can be, you know, it can be, you can get data breaches. You can also, people can misuse that data. That is, you can build systems that can use data to predict things about individual people or groups of people that maybe those people wouldn't want to be predicted about them, like their shopping habits or their voting uh, behavior or uh, other kinds of kind of personal behavior that, that then um, big companies can use to target ads or, um, you know, political uh, kind of uh, propaganda and so on. So there's a lot of trade-offs in this whole kind of big data world that we live in. And I think we're only just beginning to kind of reckon with it. I kind of had a small experience with that the other day in the sense that I was getting in my car to going somewhere and the phone, my iPhone, brings up a map to where it thinks I'm going. And on one hand, that was incredibly helpful because I was going there. And on the other hand, I was really creeped out that somebody, that this thing kind of knows what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. That that kind of thing happens to me all the time, too. And, you know, people have this sense that they they talk about something to their friend, and then the next day they see that thing advertised to them on, you know, Facebook or something. And how did it know? It And I think we're just we're, we're so immersed in this world that we're unaware of how much data these um, co companies in particular are collecting about us and how much they can use to know to know a lot about us my, so so it is it is concerning it's very concerning i think i feel like my personal big concern with that too is not not so much the collection of data because i feel like any personal information you have nowadays everybody's already got it like they've already got it i just worry that we're going to do this and be like the least common denominator with it you know the idea like we created social media and it could have been this amazing connective force but instead, we use it to, like, share memes and things like that. 
we, we are such heavily social animals that the social networks are just like cocaine for our desire for social interaction. And there's a lot of people now writing books about this very problem of sort of what social media has done to our lives. And most of it is, is, is not that great. What is your main focus of research right now? I'm So one of the things that I've worked on for a long time is, is how people and computers might make analogies. So very often we, we, we make analogies to understand something new. You know, if you, if, you've, um, if you get into a rental car, for example, you kind of have a sense of how it works because you've driven in other cars and you can make an analogy from the cars that you've driven into, driven into this brand new car. And we do that at, you know, at that very kind of mundane level. We also do it at more abstract levels. We're sort of seeing abstract similarity everywhere. That's something that we're very good at. So my research is on how do we get machines to recognize more abstract kinds of similarities um, in situations like, you know, here th- these particular images are similar to each other. They're not exactly the same, but they're similar in some abstract way. So that's kind of the focus of my current research. I may edit this out if this ends up being dumb, but something that's fascinating to me is my dad has a twin. And if I post a picture of my dad who is not on any social media, it identifies it as my uncle who is on social media. And they don't look, they're, they're similar, but they're not so similar that I can't tell them apart. That's kind of fascinating to me in the sense that that computers, as advanced as they are, can't do that. You say advanced as they are. Well, they're very advanced in some ways, but they are very error-prone in that way. They're not sort of robust. They can make mistakes, and they can be fooled, and they haven't yet reached the level of robustness where I think we can trust them. Face recognition is one example. So... um, a big fear is that we're going to start letting them make decisions based on things like, you know, let's say your your let's say your father, uh, you know, say his twin was. This actually happened once. I think his twin committed some crime. It might the the computer might identify it as your father, and he has to he's going to have to convince the police that he's not the one, right? I think that's what kind of worries me about it too, is because there's all these unintended consequences, right? Like the thing that never happens isn't a problem. Until it does. Right, right. And it's hard to predict when those things are going to happen. And, you know, we, there's a, this interesting thing about, you know, so like in some sense, your father um, has lost his privacy because his twin is on social media. Just like you might have lost your privacy because you say your ne- nephew, you know, goes to Ancestry.com and, and gets a genetic profile. And therefore, some of your genetic information is now online and available for search. And they've actually used that to capture like serial killers and stuff through through the, these genetic uh, these genetic uh, companies that that you know have DNA data and family trees. That's fascinating too. What do you think? What like what's the next the next big step and not not talking like 10 years down the road or 15 years down the road but within a reasonable amount of time what do you think is the next big step i think we're going to see facial recognition being used more and more by 
police departments, for example, national security. And I think we're going to see some very high profile um, errors that it causes and people actually getting arrested or whatever uh, because of it. I also think that we might see some actual self-driving cars being deployed pretty broadly, but only in certain areas where uh, they, the car, the, the whole road infrastructure has been transformed so that the self-driving cars can actually deal with everything that comes up. They can't deal with, they can't deal with just driving anywhere, but there are certain parts of certain cities where they can drive safely. And I think we're going to start seeing that. You don't have to name any names or anything like that, but are there any companies doing things that make, that gives you pause? Like, Ooh, I don't know if we should be doing that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. In fact, some of these companies that do facial recognition scare me. One example that I talk about in my upcoming book is Amazon, which has a facial recognition software that they um, market to police departments in particular for um, identifying, say, uh, criminals so that maybe when you get stopped at a traffic stop, they'll take a picture of you and then run it through a database of faces and see if there's any matches to see if, uh, you know, you've been if your face appears in some security video that they, you know, even if they don't have the DNA or anything, they might say, oh, you, your face appeared in this video of this crime taking place. Uh, prove to us that you weren't there. Yeah. That, that kind of thing worries me. That, that, that's really difficult. Like, how do you prove, like, prove to me you're not lying. Like, I, I don't know how, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. that, that kind of yeah. stuff. So you, you, yeah. t- you mentioned the book. What's the book going to be about? When is it coming out? Yeah, so I, I wrote this book. It's called Artificial Intelligence, A Guide for Thinking Humans. It's really an introduction to how modern AI works and sort of all these things we've been talking about. Um, it's uh, coming out in October, October 15th, um, and can be pre-ordered now on Amazon. When you, when you talk about things that people need to know, like give us one thing you think, like, wow, people should know this about it. Most AI systems are not as trustworthy as the companies that make them are kind of uh, claim that they make a lot more errors and ha- have um, some vulnerabilities that people are still only discovering. So any claim that you see about AI, and AI is being very much hyped in the media now, take it with a grain of salt. What movie do you look at and think, okay, that's a realistic version of what the future could look like? Okay, I would say the movie Minority Report. Have you seen that? No, because I don't like that actor and I don't like to watch it. But I'm aware, oh, of, I'm aware of the concept. Yeah, so, so that in that movie... There's several things that I think are somewhat realistic. One is that, I mean, that we don't have yet that maybe could happen soon. They have these, uh, every store has an iris scanner that scans your, your, the eyes of shoppers and retrieves a bunch of data about them and then tries to personalize ads to the person. Also, there's this notion of predictive policing, which means they're going that, you know, and there they have these kind of, uh, 
psychic people that predict whether somebody's going to commit a crime or not. But I think nowadays, police departments are starting to think very hard about using data, kind of big data we talked about, to try and predict who's going to commit a crime. In fact, we saw the president, in fact, talking about a push to get the FBI to start predicting who's going to um, do a mass shooting before they do it. That's sort of a minority report-like plot. And I think that's going to, we're going to see that more and more. How do you reconcile? I think, I guess the issue that I would have with that or look at it is like, I have no problem with people doing that to other people. I just don't want it to happen to me. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. But once it starts happening to other people, how do you, how do you prevent it from happening to you? You know, that there's a lot of uh, stuff out there that people think can be predicted with data, just with enough data. Uh, But it's never perfect. You know, so the question is, how do you responsibly use this data so that it doesn't, it does the job it's meant to do, but it doesn't sort of hurt other people's civil rights or uh, right to privacy or uh, any other kind of rights? It's a very hard problem. What movie do you look at, though, and say, okay, that's not going to happen? Like, this this is not going to happen. I saw the movie Ex Machina, yeah, which I liked very movie. much. That was a really good movie. And in there, you have uh, a robot that's extremely human-like and can have this uh, incredibly these incredibly human-like conversations with the main character. I don't think that's going to happen soon. Conversing in natural language in a way that sounds for for you know extended periods that sounds very human-like that's not something computers can do now, and it's I would guess it's not going to happen very soon because it's a very very hard problem i mean i think obviously people kind of focus on the idea of like robots taking over the world and that seems to be the the big scary bad there but is it is there an equal chance that they're just going to take all our jobs that's really hard to predict i i don't think that they're going to take all our jobs because i think a lot of our jobs involve parts of intelligence that ai is very far from accomplishing um i do think they will take some of our jobs you know, they already have in, in some fields, but like in driving, that's going to be a big one. Like, you know, say long haul truck driving. On the other hand, people have pointed out that over history, you know, technology's always taken over some jobs, but at the same time, it's created many more jobs for humans. I want to thank Melanie so much for joining us. If you want to connect with her, we have linked to her on our social media accounts. We're profoundly pointless on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we also have, in the RSS feed that's in our podcast, we have links to her website, where you can find her new book, and to her Twitter account as well. Now let's go ahead and give John Shull a call and see what he thinks about robots. There he is. Who do you generally trust more, robots or people? Oh, that's a tough one. Now, are we talking about less everyday life? Are we talking about, like, if I'm at the grocery store? Well, isn't being at the grocery store everyday life? Well, I mean, I mean, I'm, I, I guess what I'm trying to get is, like, are we talking about, like, if I go to a restaurant, am I, am I, am I thinking about, like, a, a robot making my food? Or, like, if I'm at the grocery store and, like, a, a robot checking me out? Or, like, if I drop something in IO3, am I going to be, like... You know, page a robot, or 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 is that what you is that what you're referring to? I, I, I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. It seems to be that both of those are everyday life. Like, what's the difference? 
Are you talking about the difference between like a robot checking you out at the grocery store or a robot performing brain surgery? Is that what you're trying to talk about? Or like oral sex. Ooh. What would you re- – okay. Where do you trust a robot more? Heart surgery or oral sex? Like which one are you more ner- nervous about a robot doing? That's, that's a tough one. Um, you're probably going to be under anesthetic for the for the heart surgery. So I'm, I'm going to say I would trust a robot better doing heart surgery than oral sex. Yeah, I would actually have to agree with that. Because, I mean, if you... I think that goes both ways. Not just speaking from a man's point of view, but, like, I think women would agree that they would trust a robot more during heart surgery than giving oral anything. Yeah, I would agree with that. You should... You you would think it would be the other way, but really it's not. Like, I would trust the oral sex more to a human than I would to a robot. (laughs) And even that can be kind of iffy. But, hey, we're not going there. Exactly. Um, You pretty much answered my question there. Do do you think that robots will take over the world? No, I, I don't think they'll ever take over the world. Uh, I I'm actually under the thought process of I I can't see how the world gets any more dependent on technology than it already is right now. I don't understand how that's true at all. I mean, there's tons of things that people do that robots don't do. We could get way more dependent. But will we? I guess is I mean that's yeah. obviously the question. But I I don't. I don't think that's a question. I, I, I mean, we know the it. answer. Yes, we will. They're going to take you over more stuff. They're going to take over driving in the next – I bet that's the next no, big thing. See, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I don't think you'll ever have a robot legally driving a vehicle uh, in, in the United States. Why do you – I mean they're basically already doing it. They already have driverless cars already. I mean, didn't you just didn't you just live in a state where there was a driverless car that just hit and killed somebody? Yeah, and to, for the background of that, it was in Tempe, Arizona, and if you watch the video, the person steps directly out in front of the car. Like nothing could have stopped it in time. It wasn't really the robot's fault. I trust a robot. I trust a, a robot driver more than I would trust a human driver. I can't wait for driverless cars. So you know, you know what's funny? I'm, it's actually kind of interesting you would you would ask me that, which I had no idea you were going to ask me this question before I answered the phone call. But I uh, I had to take my car into the shop, so we have a loaner vehicle, which is a 2020 Chevy Equinox. It's not 2020 and, yet. Are you sure it's a 2020? That doesn't make any sense. I mean, that's what I was told. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't think I'm wrong. That that Either. car that car has to be a massive piece of shit if it basically hasn't even come out yet, and they've already decided to use it as a loaner car. I'm pretty sure it's a 22. I could be wrong. I don't think I'm wrong. How far away is it? Can you eyeball it from here? Uh, no, because I'm in my basement. You have good reception in your basement. Anyways, do you have leaks? Do you get leaks in your basement? Do you get leaks? Is that why you have good reception? I want to know if there's a correlation between the good reception in your basement and the structural foundation of your basement. Uh, not that I know of. I, I shouldn't be saying this, especially to you. Uh, especially with the winter coming, but I, I don't think we get leaks that I know of. If there are, there, I'm not aware of any. I would be, I would be worried because you have good reception. There's got to be some poles there somewhere. Should probably start working on that. Anyway, back to your story. Anyways, my point is we, so we get this loaner vehicle and everything is, is run by computer. Even <laughs> we, it has that lane assist. Yeah. And I'm drive I'm driving down the road. And for those who don't know what lane assist is, it basically, once you start to drift towards, you know, obviously another lane, it, it sends this this beep throughout the car. It's like in stereo surround surround sound, 
it's more distracting than if I was actually like purposely like trying to go into another lane. Why were you drifting into another lane? Well, you know, it uh, it happens. What were um, you doing? Either, uh, I'm, I'm I was probably messing with the radio or something. Um, <laughs> you drifted into the other. <laughs> you know what though? That's how the accidents actually happen. It's like you're trying to screw with the radio that is now so complex it takes a NASA engineer to operate it, and in the meantime, you drift into the other lane and die. Well. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I, thank God I didn't die. Anyways, I just and, – and then it, it also has the, the sensors on the front and the back, which are not new. I know that. But I've never had or driven a vehicle where uh, I'm, I'm on the highway going 70 miles an hour and it starts beeping at me when I'm like five car lengths away from the vehicle in front of me telling me that I'm too close to the vehicle in front of me. Were you too close? No, I, I, I literally had to be five car lengths away. But it was beeping at me, telling me through some um, speaker somewhere that I'm that I'm I'm too close to the vehicle in front of me. I think basically what this really brings to light is the fact that you're a terrible driver. I that's not really what I was going for with with this conversation, but um, I don't think I'm a terrible driver. Once again, knock on wood. How many wrecks have you been in? Well, that's what I was going to say. I, I I've been in a few in my life, <laughs> but I was I was in three within. Two years when I lived in Orlando that were not my fault. <laughs> were they really not your fault or like legally not your fault? Because it's kind of they, like if somebody rear ends you, it's never your fault, but it might really be your fault. <laughs> well, one was a pretty nasty rear end, which was not my fault. Okay. Um, I got T-boned at, at an intersection, which was not my fault. <laughs> and then I got like side swipes. And I lost control and hit a tree, which was also not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> is that funny? Because, dude, like, who the fuck gets in all these accidents all the time? Like, what what you do? All I'm explaining is it, it, it it's not my it, They weren't my fault. The robots would not have protected me, whether they were in my car driving or if they were in the other vehicle. Robots would have kept you from swerving into the other lane like you did. <laughs> Oh man, you 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 wanted to see me at my my pristine you know self or as my pristine self. You should have seen how upset I was when I hit that tree. Oh my! I got I got I think I put a bigger dent in the non dented side of my car than the other side that like hit the tree. I've never understood people who punch things or kick things when they're angry. Like you're only making the problem worse. And probably going to hurt yourself in the process. Like, I'm so angry, I'm going to punch this window. remain nameless, and it's not me, by the way. That guy got so mad at somebody one time that he punched a hole in the wall, but he didn't know that where he was punching, the stud was behind it, and he broke his wrist. See, that's always, that just makes me laugh when people do that. Like, (laughs) I'm so mad! Uh, Oh, shit. So, I mean, how many accidents have you gotten into? None. In your entire life? Yeah. Wow. Well, you know what? I will I will knock on wood for you, but I don't – I don't know why necessarily – like you haven't even gone into a fender bender? Oh, no. I was in an accident in someone else's car. I was in the backseat. I was – okay. Let's just say – let's use false names here. Uh, this person's name rhymes with Les Menolds and – they were they were they were driving. I was in the back seat drinking, and I just remember 
they took a they they pulled out in front of somebody and we got hit pretty good. We got hit pretty good. And I just remember stumbling stumbling out of the car, beer cans falling out around me. I was think I was like seventeen or eighteen. And the driver, whose name rhymes with Les Nenold, hadn't been drinking. He really honestly hadn't been drinking. But I just remember getting out of the car with beer cans falling out, like, I'm gonna go get help and then just clearly walking off into a field. I don't, uh, you know, actually, I don't know how we got on the, on accidents and like are staying on them, but the scariest thing I think I've ever had happen to me in automobile was I was getting off of a, of a freeway and my brakes went out <laughs> <laughs> and I see the, you know, the light approaching, you know, in front of me, obviously. And luckily I went through the light and didn't get hit. Wait. That, that was quite scary. Brakes, actually. I still remember that like it was yesterday. Your brakes went out and you went through a red light? Yeah, I mean, I, mean I, I got off the highway going 70 and when I went to go, you know, push on the brakes to slow down, there was nothing there. What was I supposed <laughs> to do? What? Whose fault was it? Did you not check the brakes? What happened? <laughs> this is going to sound really stupid. Um, <laughs> it's your fault, isn't it? Get to the no, part. Get to the part where it's your fault. So I go through the red light, and I swear to God, they come back. Dude, were you hitting? Did you have a stick shift, and you were like smashing the clutch? No, it, it was no. It was a. It was a. I forget the exact year, but it was like a 2002 Oldsmobile Bravado. <laughs> um, <laughs> where do you got, even buy that? Is that even legal in the United States? <laughs> it was my first like vehicle that i was in high school and i <laughs> believe it or not i was going to the gym and they got there fast <laughs> yeah made good I, time i you know i remember I, I called my father who was less than graceful um and then when i got home you know we, we checked it out and it, like nothing was wrong with it i have no idea what happened i have a pretty good idea that either one of two things happened one, your brakes spontaneously failed for a span of 15 seconds and then started working again. Or two, driver error in some form or capacity. <laughs> I will, I will say this in terms of driver errors. I believe, I don't think robots will fix this, by the way, getting back to the original question, but I think everything is usually driver error. I don't, I, I would say that 99% without knowing the statistics is driver error. I can actually, I, I've covered several news stories for people who don't know. I'm a former news reporter. I can honestly say, I believe the statistic is 90% of crashes are driver error one way or another. Do you think that, and I guess this is kind of an ignorant question, but I'm going to try it. Okay. If technology wasn't where it, where it is today in terms of all the cell phones and all the iPads and everything else that we feel like we have to be on constantly, do you think the push for like having autonomous vehicles uh, would be where it's at? Yeah, I think so. I think it's a natural. It maybe, I, I think it would be. It's, I think it's just a natural evolution of the technology, right? Like we'd be doing that anyway. Just imagine. I, I think that would be the next technology that would absolutely transform society. Um, do you have? Let, let's let's hear. Let's hear your first segment today. Let's hear some music. So what? What, what do you? Well, what do you want to hear? Can you do the armpit noise? No, I don't think so. You're talking about making like the fart. Yeah, noise? just try try to do the try to do some music with the armpit noise on your. Uh, try to do that for your intro music. This is going to be really, uh, really bad. And I and actually, I 
I, I think we're only going to have one segment today. Why is that? FYI. Why is that? Um, because we had so much interaction on social media. And I, I think that we owe it to everyone who comments to, to spend a little more time on it this week. So you didn't think of anything for the first segment? Oh, no. I, I have three questions, which we can do two segments if you want. I just... We just we had a lot of interaction this week, a lot of good things on the on the profoundly pointless social media. Well, uh, I, but if you look, I want you to pick the best one of each. The best one of what? The Both best segments. Yeah, the best one of your questions and the best one of the social interactions, and let's go with that. All right, but first, you want me to do the armpit thing? Yeah, try to do the armpit thing. Let's try here. You're just making noises with your mouth. Dang it. You can hear that? Yeah, dude. That's incredibly obvious. You didn't fool <laughs> one single person. I fooled somebody. You know no, I did. you didn't. You know I fooled I can't do it, all right? I can barely grow armpit hair, let alone make any kind of fart noise with my armpits. Okay, then make it and do clicks. Like... I mean, I have, a, I have a better opportunity of making my fat jiggle on my face and making that a noise. Ooh, okay. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was the majority of my lips, but hey, you know what? I don't care. I'll take it. God. <laughs> that was just your face? That was just my face. Dude, you need to <laughs> You need to you need to cut the brakes on your car and get to the gym quick again. I think you need it again. I know you want it. Here it comes. Oh my god. I almost puked. <laughs> Almost, th- literally, almost threw up. I felt it rising in my body. Okay, let's. What, go- if, what if I just did that for a minute straight? Would you throw up? Well, no. After about ten seconds, I put the phone down. All right, come on, let's go. So I had to pick one of the three questions to ask you. Uh, obviously, with what's going on and uh, with Hurricane Dorian, my question is this, and I think it's kind of a good one because I'm curious because you used to live in Kansas or whatever. Uh, would you rather go through a tornado? Or go through a hurricane. I probably a hurricane. I've been through both. I would have to say a hurricane because you know the hurricane is coming. You have some time to prepare. They generally, depending on where they don't tend to be really lethal. I think. I think the tornadoes tend to be a little bit more lethal. So I, I guess I would go hurricane. How about you? I I would say I'd rather go to hurricane as well for. For pretty much the same reason, I've never been through a tornado. I've, not, I've actually never been through a hurricane either. But uh, like, like you said, I, I think with the hurricane, you have a week at least. Uh, like you know, they start talking about it. A tornado can just come out of nowhere and fucking flatten your house. And let's be honest, I probably couldn't build a shelter to house me. Uh, yeah. You know, in the yard, so I would probably get swept up. Well, you don't uh, in, shelter in yourself in the yard. You go in the basement. I will say this, everybody in Kansas, which is where I'm from, when there's a tornado warning, they go outside and look, and you can tell. Like, you know, okay, it's coming towards me. What's scary about tornado is you don't really know where it's going to hit. Like, it'll destroy one house, skip a house, destroy two houses, and go to the next block. Like, it, it just jumps around. Okay, let, what, let's hear some of your interactions. Long John Silver's, here we go. Um, anyways, so this Long is John Silver's our, tweeting. Uh, Long John Silver's Long John Silver's tweeted at us this week. They want us to host a podcast for them. I, I, I was going to get to that. That's why I let in. But I think we most definitely should. But only if we dress up as, uh, you know, 
like a different fish. Okay, I was going to go pirate, but if you want to dress like a fish, fine. I'll dress like a fish if you want to dress like a pirate. That's fair. Anyways, um, so yeah, so all this, you can check us out on our uh, social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. Um, so the first one I had here was uh, you won again on Facebook, which I've had pretty much everyone in my personal life say that I've lost the last two to you, which is unprecedented. Yeah, badly, um, badly. And, and for those who don't know, it's on our Facebook, uh, on our profoundly pointless Facebook. We post like our top five list from the episode uh, before. Um, this one was iconic movie franchises. I got crushed, which I'm not entirely sure how, but um, got a lot of good feedback on that. A lot of my closest friends say that I wasn't honest with the my top five, and it's not that I'm not honest, but I go with with historically or, or you know i go with like an unbiased top five which is why i didn't have fast and the furious on there and a the lot blade of people, trilogy like, don't forget the fact that you lied about your love of fast and the furious and the blade trilogy both well, of which are atrocious don't hate on the blade trilogy um but uh i don't you know dave to. said that my x-men decision made that a tough one um pamela i can't pronounce your last name so it is what it is but uh she said that Lord of the Rings, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, which is the Indiana uh, trilogy, or Indiana series, and uh, The Matrix were missing. I'm pretty sure I named some of those as, as my honorable mention, but none of them made my top five. Okay. Um, I don't remember what you had on there. Um, Neither do I. Um, Chuck said Police Academy, which that doesn't really That's count. That's ridiculous. One of those uh, was good. The second one maybe was okay. And then the next forty police academies were not worthy of even not worthy of even being printed on beta tape. Paul said he liked Star Trek. Thank you for that. Uh, Lee said uh, no Ghostbusters, which Ghostbusters is a good one. I just don't think that there's enough longevity in terms of like good movies throughout the series to get make it on the list. First of all, do you know who Lee is? Uh, I don't know. Well, he's been on our show. He was a guest on the show. He's one of uh, London and the United Kingdom's most famous ghost hunters. Way to go. Way to pay attention. Oh, I thought you meant like, do I know, know him? Like, I don't know. I don't know, know him. We've talked to him. I didn't even him. put two and two together, to be honest with you. Ain't that, yeah. Story. <laughs> that should be the title of your autobiography. No. Believe it or not, if I put any thought into this podcast, uh, you'd have another partner because uh, I'd be smart enough to get off of it. Um, <laughs> nice comeback. Nice, nice. Christy, uh, Christy said nothing compares to Star Wars. That's fair. Yeah, that's uh, Mike says Rocky's better than X-Men. Like, I don't disagree with that. But, I, you know, Rocky wasn't – I didn't put Rocky on my top five. Apparently, your Rocky pick convinced a lot of people that your list was better. So yeah, I think, Rocky, I think Rocky deserves to be on there. It's pretty iconic. Uh, Are you ready for our top five? Uh, yeah, if you, if you want to cut it off, man. I like I said, there was so much social media interaction. Yeah, we haven't that's... even gotten to the Taco Bell. We haven't even gotten to the ice cream cone slash as a bar. Like, look, look, here's the problem with it, right? Thank you to our wonderful listeners and to the people. We appreciate it. We like getting don't all. Don't listen of... to what Nick's about to say, everybody. No, I'm gonna make fun of you. Um. We appreciate all of the social media interaction. We really like hearing from people. It gives us great feedback and perspective on how we can make this show better and what people like about it and awesome topics that we can talk about. What we can't do. 
what we can't have is then John Scholl come and think he needs to read every single comment that everybody makes because it's going to take hours. I'm a man of the people. You got to narrow it down. People. You got to narrow it down. That's fair. You know, you used to give me grief because I didn't bring enough. Now you're saying I bring too much. I'll, I'll take it. I appreciate it. Yeah, let's. We got to narrow it down. You got to pick the best of the best. All right, that's fair. That's fair. So, anyways, back to your original question. Let's move on to the top five. You douchebag. <laughs> I like how you seg- segued it. My original question. Realized there wasn't a question, and then just ended it by calling someone a douchebag. That's the best way. It's like I'm losing an argument. I'm just gonna throw a punch. I mean, listen. I got nothing else. I might as well try to go down swinging. Um. Okay. So for people who for this, our top five is going to be top five animals that you would like to be transformed into like if something happened and you had to be transformed into an animal or you got to transform into an animal what are the animals that you would like to transform into what is your number five this you're gonna make fun of me for for me opening with this and i I know that but here it goes uh number five i have a hippopotamus (laughs) i don't even can i make my joke can i make my joke and reasons is that a hippo is a badass they are feared uh, in that you know in, in Africa and, and where they are in Asia. Like they are, like other animals are scared to death of, of hippos. Do you know why that is? Uh, I don't know if I know for sure. I mean, I, I know because they're fucking huge and they're mean ass creatures. Yeah, that's basically why they're big and mean. So if I could turn into something, I mean, I wouldn't be like a mean hippo, but like you know, I'd be. I I wouldn't mind being a badass who like. Had all this water and, and, and land to myself? Sure, why not? No, that's not a bad life at all. My number five is a killer whale. Okay. So you can have a few movies made after you and a Michael Jackson song too? Was – what Michael Jackson song had a killer whale in it? It was uh, in Free Willy. I forget the name of it now. Oh, but... wait. I thought that was R. Kelly. I Believe I Can Fly. Wasn't that Free Willy? Wait. Is, I thought I Believe I Can Fly was Space Jam. Oh, it was Space Jam. You're right. I was just thinking maybe it was the song that played when the whale jumped over the beach or something. And I don't <laughs> Hold on. If you explain why, I should be able to find this in 30 seconds. Explain what? what? Why you picked uh, a killer whale. Oh, because a killer whale is just kind of sweet, right? Like, it's just a cool animal. I mean, you're pretty intelligent. You've got a nice long lifespan. You get to be in the water swimming around all the time. Other animals don't really mess with you. It's called Michael Jackson, Will You Be There? Oh, play For it all up. of our uh, killer whale, Free Willy uh, fans out there, I Wait guess. Wait a minute. Was Free Willy a killer whale? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. What's your number four? Uh, I have a... I have a great white shark as my number four. See, but the great white shark gets eaten by a killer whale. I believe the killer whales eat great white sharks. Uh, I don't know if they actually eat them. I, they they do they they do kill them. I know that, so I'm not I'm not saying they don't. But I don't know. I, I like growing up. I've always like that was one of the animals. Like, oh man, I wish I could be a great white shark and just run around and bite people. You know what I mean? And get away with it. That'd be so awesome. That'd be pretty cool. But then you get stuck in nets. I think they get stuck in a lot of nets all the time. That's kind well, of not a way and to now go. as more technology has come out and we can study them further, they're not, they're actually not that they're not even like the, the most like badass shark in terms of like aggressiveness really. I obviously to refer to past episodes of the podcast, you didn't listen 
to the shark biologist that we had on that said, yeah, they were the most badass shark. Um, I, I did listen. That, that's not true. And I, I can find statistics to prove that. There are more people that get that get bitten by tar- tiger sharks a year than there are great white sharks a year. That doesn't mean that they're not as badass. That just means that there's more of them biting more people, right? <laughs> I don't really know what you're okay, saying. So there, okay, all I was look, saying was there's that. more people who get bit by mosquitoes than there are who get bit by tigers. Which one of those is more badass? The mosquito because it bites more people? Anyways, m- m- moving on. Exactly. What's your number four? Grizzly bear. Okay. Uh, I will get back to that for, for various reasons. But yes, I have bear on my list as well. Do you have specifically grizzly bear or do you have a different kind of bear? Uh, I have grizzly bear, yes. Okay. Uh, what's your number three then? Uh, I have a lion. I forgot about a lion. But you know what? Now that I think about it, it's just too hot. Like, I don't want to be that hot all the time. Lions got to be hot. I want to be someplace cool. I would love to be a lion just because they're big. They're big. They're tough. They're stealthy. You know, don't get too close to them no matter what kind of animal or, or even humans because they'll bite your face off. I feel like your list is really showing that you have some deep-seated personal issues with rage and aggression. <laughs> like I alluded to earlier, <laughs> like if I had any kind of wit about me. I would go see a, a therapist. Instead, I spend my time, uh, you know, secretly, you know, venting to you on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's the best way to do it. I have a tie between a beaver and a tardigrade. N- nobody even knows what a, a tardigrade is. A tardigrade, again, is something that we have talked about on this podcast before as one of the most badass animals. They think that this is essentially where life could have came from. A tardigrade is a microscopic animal. It's also known as a water bear, and it basically can survive in space, and it's unkillable. Like oh, it can yeah. dehydrate water itself. Bears, yeah. yeah, water bears are so great. They're so awesome. You're definitely going to lose this week. What about a beaver? How do you feel about a beaver? I mean, what they can do is pretty badass. With all, you know, obviously, the, you know, things that they can build. But other than that, I mean... You know, if I'm a bear, I'm going to just eat the shit out of them and move on with my day and eat another beaver right after that probably. Do you think that the beaver, when he's building his beaver dam, is like aware of structural engineering? Or do you think he just, I'm going to stack a bunch of logs together? No, I I think that they have, I think they're aware of the structure of it, for sure. You think that they build like the foundation first, like they're going to get the four pillars and the post, and then they're going to go from there? Build them a nice living room? You don't think they're just going to, hey, there's a log, I'm going to stick it here. Like, I think Mama Beaver comes over and she's like, no, bedroom's not big enough. Make it, you know, make it this size, <laughs> blah, 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 I, I, you know. Not enough closet space. You got to start this over. <laughs> and then Grizzly Bear comes and knocks it over and then beavers are all pissed off. And then they just have to do it again. What's your number two? Uh, so my number two is the Grizzly Bear. Solid choice. I mean, I could see the Grizzly Bear going up there. Why did you pick Grizzly Bear? Uh, well, for one, because they're they're pretty. And I'm probably wrong on this, but I I think I, I I think of them as like isolated animals. Like they're they're tough. They're they're isolated. They're you know they can withstand anything on their own. And the best part is they sleep for like five months out of the year. Yeah, it's a pretty good deal. I think they live I a mean, decent amount of time too. I mean, they take a five month nap, and then when they get out get get up from the nap, it's like I'm gonna go eat, and then. Ten hours later, I'm going to eat again. And then before they know it, it's time to take a five-month nap again. It's, it's the fucking best life. Sometimes I'll go take a dip in the water. 
you know, I mean, it's, it's a great life. Have you ever seen the videos of like the, the bears when the salmon come and they just stand there and the salmon just jump right into their mouths basically? You, I, I've never told you. I've, I've actually done that. I've taken off my shirt and I have stood there next to a bear and caught salmon with my bare mouth as well. Nice. I mean, well, <laughs> if, if you could grow body hair, I bet they, I could see how they could confuse you for one of them. <laughs> What's your number two? A wolf. See, I don't, I don't have wolves on my, or a wolf on my, or a wolf on my list. You want to try? If I can say it right. Um, Which one do you think it is? Is it wolf, wolves, or wolves? <laughs> <laughs> it's wolf. I know that you asshole. Um, <laughs> okay. I've had a few beers today. Okay, leave me alone. Really? Um, what were you drinking? Uh, I was doing gin and tonic, and then I've done about a growler of a uh, of an IPA beer the last couple hours. So. Nice. You're not slurring at all. I'm, that's impressive. No, I'm. Memory is not what it used to be, but we're uh, we're still we're still holding on. Um, oh, okay. Okay. So my number one, uh, and this is gonna sound like I'm a cold blooded American, but uh, oh, yeah. I have an eagle. Okay, I have a bird as well for my number one. Why did you pick an eagle? Um. I mean, for for a few reasons. One, I mean, how bad would it be to be able, or how badass would be able to be able to fly? True. For one, I mean, you can just circle around, like you know, say there's like a you know people walking, you can just circle around them, make them feel all uncomfortable all day, never having to really do anything. Can live in the trees, getting food's pretty easy because you can just you know, you can just fly over a fucking lake and just dive in. Not even have to get your ass wet, just get your, you know, feet and your claws wet, get a fish. I'm sure it's more complicated than that, but go on. <laughs> Probably. I mean, if I was an eagle, I would be the worst eagle ever. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and they're a symbol of freedom. Okay, my number one is the owl. Oh, okay. I mean, it's the bird. You basically get to fly. I think they live a pretty decent amount of time. They don't really have any predators that are out there. And they stay up all night and just, like, hang out. I mean, an owl is an interesting choice. I mean, I think you have to go bird. It's the party like, animal of the owl, birds. It's up all the, night long. That's the party animal of birds. Everybody <laughs> knows that the owl parties harder than any other bird. All right. I mean, I guess I think like the flamingo would be the party bird. It stands on one leg and it's fluorescent pink. They stink, though. Maybe. Well, maybe they've been drinking too much. Maybe that's why they stink. <laughs> what's in your honorable? <laughs> what's in your honorable mention? Uh, so I have alligator or crocodile. That would be pretty badass, I think. I also have, I put down spider. Um. Okay. But like in my, in my mind, I'm thinking like a, like one of the big spiders. Like a wolfman spider or something, you know, like one of these, like I could just run around and just scare the shit out of people for, till I get murdered. Um. Yeah, until they, they squish have a, you. <laughs> do you say until they squish you? Yeah, dude. Cause you can get squished. That's a terrible way to go. Yeah, well, you know, whatever. Um, and then I also I have on here like tiger and uh, and like a panda bear. Like I think I think if I could actually be any animal, like if I was going preferential, it would be a, a like a panda bear. Well, you get treated pretty well, right? I mean, you're basically just you get everything you want. You're the diva of all animals. Is the panda bear? You get anything. <laughs> and then uh, then I just put on here elephant just for obvious reasons. Yeah, that's in my honorable mention. I have elephant. I put a dog. I think I'd rather be like a husky, though. I wouldn't want to be like a little teacup dog. It really depends on the kind of dog that you come back as. Uh, rhino. I could be a rhino. I think that'd be pretty cool. 
And I would want to be one of those uh, peregrine falcons just to dive like that. I think they can dive at like 212 miles an hour. That'd be pretty awesome. Okay, that's going to go ahead and do it for this episode of the Profoundly Pointless Podcast. I want to thank you guys so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. I want to remind you guys that we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as Profoundly Pointless. We love hearing comments from you guys. We also have our website, profoundlypointless.com. Now that we're kind of getting our act together a little bit more, we're starting to plan things out farther in the future. So we'd really like to hear from you guys about what kind of guests you'd like us to try and get on the show. And also, we're going to try to put things out there a little bit farther in advance so we can ask the guests some of the questions that you might have. Because quite frankly, it's not very hard to be smarter than us, and you guys probably have much better questions. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.